This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 157. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a Colored Pencil Podcast, where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts... Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick of sharpenedartist.com, and I'm joined once again by Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I am doing never better. And this is a show about colored pencil where we discuss anything and everything related to this medium that we love so much. So, Lisa, what are we talking about today? Probably one of our most exciting podcasts we've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about wax bloom with your colored pencils. Yeah, we've discussed this in the past, but as you may know, there are so many podcasts that we did early on that are just not available anymore on most podcast players. So we wanted to revisit this topic, and I think it's going to be an interesting discussion uh, in light of the fact that a lot of the manufacturers now for colored pencil um, kind of muddy the waters when it comes to whether a pencil is wax or oil based. <laughs> so Which I think is funny. That's kind I think you funny. can just in practice alone pretty much get a good idea if it's got a higher wax versus higher. Yeah, oil you content. can you can kind of tell by the the feel of it. And everything. Or go to their websites and what they originally published before they all started changing. Before they, they started the switching stuff. it up. <laughs> so what is wax bloom? Let's just define that very quickly here. It may also be called efflorescence. It refers to just as wax buildup. So colored pencils are typically available in two different types of binders that hold them together. I mean, there's some other fillers and other things inside the core of the pencil, but typically we refer to them as either wax-based or oil-based. And so a wax-based pencil seems to be the most preferred method by manufacturers to bind pigment together to create a colored pencil. And every colored pencil does have wax in them, even the oil-based pencils. So mostly um, they use this wax, and from what I understand, they use a lot of different types of waxes, and it seems to be sort of a less expensive type of method for binding. But colored pencil artists use this wax-based pencil, and, and we build up heavy, heavy layers And especially if we only use wax and especially like a soft core type of wax pencil. And what can happen then when we're referring to this term wax bloom is after multiple layers, there begins to appear this very mysterious film. And so this is this oxidation of wax binder and the pigment that is just commonly referred to as wax bloom. And it can leave this sort of whitish, milky kind of film Uh, A lot of times you'll notice it more quickly on a dark pigmented area of your painting or drawing. And so what do we do then to get rid of this particular grayish film? You know, uh, if we understand when it appears and what, you know, what we're going to talk about really is what to do about it, how to get rid of it. Now, I got to I got to say, though, that I. I don't ever have that happen to me anymore. Um, when I was using Prismacolor Premier, 
uh, early on years and years ago, then I did encounter this problem um, with wax bloom, but I don't encounter that anymore. Yeah, I have the same same. Even with the luminance, um, gosh, even yeah. the Derwent drawing, which are a very waxy, yeah. thick. Wax, yeah, they are. I really don't. I haven't seen this since I switched from Prismacolor. Now I know it can happen with any of the wax based pencils, but I definitely saw it more in Prismacolor. So if you are working in Prismacolor, you're probably seeing this more often. So if you talk to other artists and they tell you, "Well, it doesn't happen to me," don't think you're crazy. You're not. It is happening. Right. It, it just happens more with certain pencils than others, and that isn't an issue of well then my pencil is better because it doesn't happen it's just an issue of that's the nature of that pencil so you just need to know how to take care of it when it does happen uh yeah there there are ways to get around it and yeah it's really not that big a deal the people that i really kind of feel for are the ones that i've talked to in the past where they say well as soon as i'm done with a painting you know it's out the door it doesn't take me more than a week or two to get that painting done and it's out the door i've never noticed wax bloom like you know what? It doesn't mean that it's not happening to your work. And if you're not able to inform a collector on how to get rid of it, or depending on how you framed the piece that's out the door, uh, it could still be happening to your piece. So I think it's something that as colored pencil artists, we need to understand and we need to know especially how to get rid of it. So there are several methods that you can use to get rid of uh, wax bloom. You can Take like a soft cloth and rub the affected area, and it's kind of only a temporary fix because it can uh, return again. And the other problem with that is you just have to be kind of uh, delicate, depending on the surface that you're talking about. But you could – you have a risk of damaging maybe the texture of the surface that you're rubbing that cloth on. Or you could smudge colors together depending on what color is next to another. If you've got a super dark area into a light area, if you're adding a lot of pressure, you could smudge that black into a white area. So what I did when I used to use this method, I used just an old t-shirt. It worked really well, but I kind of wrapped it around one of my fingers and I would just smudge one little area at a time. You have to be careful. If it was it an must entirely be a small t-shirt. Yeah. If it was an entirely dark area or dark piece, I could kind of rub the whole the the t-shirt across the entire area safely. But if I had lighter bits in there, you have to be really, really careful not to smudge one into the, the next. And like John said, it, it's still it's temporary. It is going to come back. But it does clean it up at the time. Yeah, you can also use like a heat gun or um, uh, a hair dryer. Is that what they're called? A blow dryer? Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I'm bald, so (laughs) I'm not real sure about those things. Just heating up the surface in some way does work, you know, and it it eliminates it, but only temporarily. So the other thing you want to do is you want to use some type of fixative, spray it after it's heated, after you have gotten rid of the wax bloom, no matter what the method Spray your piece, and if it's um, a problem, you know, if you if you had to get rid of the wax bloom, spray the piece after that, and then it will not come back. So yeah, Prismacolor makes solved. one, and so if you're using Prismacolor pencils, it, I would personally use their spray because it's meant to be used with those pencils, and it's supposed yeah. to prevent that from happening. Yeah, and you could also heat it up with the Icarus board. Uh, that's another uh, method of heating your surface from underneath. It would eliminate that wax bloom then, and then again, you, it, it could come back. So you've got to sp- you got to do something to make sure that it does not come back, and, and like, that's one way of doing it. And like always, anytime you're going to use a spray on your colored pencils. 
test first. Because let's say you use some polychromos and some Prismacolor, and the Prismacolor is the part where you're having the wax bloom. When you spray, the spray that you use might not play nicely with one or the other. So you always want to have some kind of a sample that has whatever pencils you use that you can test just to make sure everything's going to play nicely and not ruin your artwork. Yeah, because it could start bleeding over into another area. Um, you know, if you're using an oil-based pencil and wax-based pencils, yeah, you do run that risk that those properties in the binders of that particular pencil that is causing the wax bloom may not, uh, you know, may not react the same way that the oil-based pencils are reacting, or any other kind of pencil that you may be using on that particular piece. So, yeah, you you do want to test. We can't stress that enough. Always, always. T- feel like we say that every podcast, Lisa. <laughs> Anytime we're talking about something procedural or technique, always, always, always test. Now, another method that will get rid of the wax bloom, or really with me, it was that it was preventing a lot of it from happening, was using odorless mineral spirits to blend. If you're yeah. using that, then that you're having kind of a twofold thing. One, it's melting, or and melting's not the right word, but kind of dissolving yeah, that pigment down. or the, yeah, the binder yeah. into the paper. The other, and it can still pop up. You still may need to spray it after. But it also is lifting some of it. It's actually removing mm-hmm. some of that wax when you're using a paintbrush from the paper. So the odorless mineral spirits, when I started blending with that, I know noticed far, far less wax bloom than when I was blending just with the pencils. Or even if you're using a colorless blender, that's going to make it even worse, in a sense, just because you're adding even more More wax. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely, um, again, if you're using those techniques, that would be something using a spray after to make sure that doesn't pop up when you're done is a really good idea. Yeah, that could give you a false sense of taking care of the problem using a dry blending method by, uh, you know, using a wax-based blender and, you know, putting that on top. It can cause friction, and, you know, if you're going over it very fast or you're burnishing, you're pressing really hard on the tooth of your paper and flattening out everything, then you can get rid of that wax bloom at that moment. But what may happen, though, is it gives you that false sense of security that, oh, I've taken care of that because, you know, I use this blender everywhere. But it's only going to do that temporarily, and it could come back, and it probably will if you're using that dry blending method like that. Yeah, if you're using an oil-based pencil like Polychromos, you're not really going to see. I've not seen it no, ever with my Polychromos. I haven't even no. seen it with my Luminance pencils. I've so, not seen it with any pencil except for Prismacolor <laughs> Premier, uh, quite frankly. Yeah, but I, for those of you who are dealing with this, I feel for you because I mm-hmm. used Prismacolor for many, many years. So I know exactly what it is you're talking about when you're saying you're struggling with this. It is largely to do with the pencil. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the thing is, I've seen posts uh, through the years about, you know, on some of these forums where people are just freaking out. Oh, no, wax bloom. It's uh, plagued me again and stuff like that and acting like it's the end of the world. You know, it's some kind of disease we're all going to get. You know, there's really not a lot of drama around this, or there shouldn't be. You know, you notice it, you get rid of it. Well, John, spray it, it is the and- internet. Of course, there's drama, <laughs> and then it's gone. You know, <laughs> I don't know. It just it just kind of cracks me up. You know, spray it uh, or yeah. use a good museum glass um, or something like that. The spray would be much cheaper if you do that, though. I but that and then don't ever worry lesson, about though. it. It's such a good lesson with art in general. If you've got a problem, don't freak out. Find a solution to it. It's yeah, not some, right, you know, it, right. It's usually not going to be the end of the world. If I'm oil painting and I get a big thumbprint because the paint was wet and I stuck my hand in it, it's not the end of the world. 
fix it. Whatever it is that you're doing with art, when something seems like things are ruined, everything's mm-hmm. horrible. Unless you put a hole in your paper, I'm with you on that. That's not something I'm going to sell. I might finish the piece so I can get photos for a print, but I'm not going to sell a, a colored pencil piece that I put a hole through the paper. Although I've never had that happen. It's like I have your signature or canvas. something. Yeah. I'm sorry. It, it it could be like your signature or something though. Like yeah, yeah there I, you go. <laughs> but uh, always try to find a solution to your art when anything isn't quite working as intended. Mm-hmm. Find what is the solution as artists? We are problem solvers, which mm-hmm. seems funny because right. we, we want to think of ourselves as creative and we dance around in barefoot in the rain or so. I don't know. I don't do that, but you know, I've seen, I've seen movies. That's how they portray artists. So, I do that. <laughs> but you, you do have this technical side, this problem solving side that it, it just takes over almost every aspect of the art, everything from designing to color to everything. Problem solving is everything in art. There's going to be something that you don't like, whether it be a mistake or just something with composition. It can be anything. You've got to figure out how to solve that in your artwork. When you can start training your brain to think in that problem solving way, everything's going to get much easier for you. And your artwork's going to progress a lot faster than just, oh, it's the end of the world. There's a problem. Wrinkle it up and throw it over your shoulder. Yeah, exactly. So while we're on the topic then, I guess, you know, I'll talk about a couple of fixatives that I really like. One of them is the Krylon Workable Fixative, and this one works really well. It's supposed to work with pencils, with uh, pastels, and with chalk drawings. Now, again, this is something that you'll always want to test, um, especially you know, colored pencil. You want to use a test separate sheet of paper to test Uh, the exact uh, layering process that you used on your actual piece. But then another one that I like a whole lot, and actually the most, I just try not to use it very much because it's so expensive, Uh, but it's so worth it. It is the, and I'm going to mess up this French word, but it's called Lascaux, I believe. L-A-S-C-A-U-X. Fixative. This one is so nice. It just works on anything. Spray it on your colored pencil piece. It, What it does is it creates this sort of crystal kind of clear film that you cannot really see, but you notice just this. It's not a gloss finish, but it, it's really not a matte finish either. It really does make sort of this crystal kind of look to it. It makes everything just look very even. Uh, you notice a little tiny bit of film, and but it's a nice, pleasant experience. It's supposed to work on just about anything. I mean, inks, pastel, watercolors, tempera, acrylics, pencil, obviously, and textiles, wood, cardboard, plaster, ceramics, glass, metal, uh, photos, and gold leaf. So, I oh. highly recommend this stuff. Yeah, that's what it's. Have says. you ever tried that? No, no. Have I you? I want to. I want to yeah, see I'm if I can combine to. that with colored pencil. I may have to experiment and see how to make that happen. The thing that I've no- getting off topic just slightly, but uh, the thing I've noticed with gold leaf when I've seen it sometimes is it is such a detractor. It it throws everything out of balance, and I'm looking at the gold leaf part instead of 
any anything else that's done on the piece. Well, so I guess it would be. It would I'm looking for balance. How it was done, like anything else. Yeah, I know. I mean, you got to right. balance the contrast. You've got to. Yeah, seen that's it what done I'm saying. It was just if, striking. And yeah, I've seen it done well, but more often than not, I've seen it done where it's just like it detracts from everything else yeah, to me. But yeah, the ones that I saw it on that I liked it a lot had a very abstract feel mixed in with realism. Mm, yeah, and so yeah. I think that's why it works. So, yeah, that would work so well. probably. But anyway, that those are good fixatives to use, and then again. Uh, there is that Prismacolor fixative that probably would be suitable f- um, more than any of these others for Prismacolor Premier pencils, I'm guessing. Again, you, you want to test that, especially if you've mixed anything else into your piece. And if you're using uh, more than one type of pencil, you definitely want to recreate that on a test sheet of paper. Spray it, you know, create the same conditions and spray it. Before you run to a forum or social media and talk about, you know, what a disaster things are and can I get some immediate help, you know, that'd be the preferable path is try to work on that yourself. And then maybe you can be the answer to a solution and uh, help someone else out. One thing I do want to throw in, and this is something that I see way too often where people are like, oh, just use hairspray. No. Yeah, no. Do not use hairspray. It is not intended to be an archival product. It's going to most likely yellow over time. They can brittle up and flake, and they're not intended for art. Hairspray is never a solution when it comes to any form of art. It's a bad idea. Hence the term, hairspray. Yeah. Yeah, It's intended for that product. Yeah, do not use that on your artwork. That's such a big deal. Right, right. And I think, I I don't know about you. I know I had teachers in high school that used to recommend that. I mean, I've heard from a lot of people who said it was the teachers in high school or college that told me that. I never had art in school. I never Mm. took art in in anything. I had two that I I took. Well, one was mainly my my basic beginner art class I tried Uh to take. I got a C. I didn't do well in that class. But anyway, um, when I was a freshman in high school, I do remember them telling you on your charcoals and your graphite, just spray hairspray. Yeah, I've heard that 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 is said by high school art teachers. It drives me crazy. Like, why are you – okay, I get that it's a product that most people have in their homes. But I would rather see artwork not sprayed, not sealed with anything than have hairspray. That is the worst. Plus all the color shifting that happens, that yellowing thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, yeah, that's just definitely, not a good thing. Not, and I've heard, I, one of my other favorite things is I've heard people say, well, my teacher has been using it for 50 years and said it was no problem. Okay, well, the hairspray from 50 years ago is made differently than the hairspray now. So maybe it was okay back then, but it's not now. Don't do yeah. that. You you have no way to know because it's not tested. You have no way to know. Art. That's that's the bottom line. and. Uh, are you going to take a risk and then figure out in 50 years if that was good good idea or not? I mean, that's just not, not a good way to go. So. Yeah, I definitely don't want to risk my art doing that. All right. So maybe you have something you would like to contribute to this conversation, and we would love to hear that. You can always comment in the show notes, sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. You can always reach out to us as well. Email us at podcast at sharpenedartist.com. And this is a weekly show, and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.